0: Hi, my name is Scott Curlin, and my best friend Lils Martin hates musicals. I'm Lils Martin, and my friend and acquaintance Scott Curlin loves musicals. Wait, what? But I don't like—I don't like begrudging for it or anything. What? I don't know. I said you were my best friend, and you just called me a friend and acquaintance? Yeah. I was working really, really hard on creating this podcast for you where I show you great movie musicals and bad movie musicals because I love you, but you want to be a dick. We were supposed to record this promo for Hell is a Musical, and what are we doing right now? Sounds like we're recording the promo right now. Hell is a Musical on the Zero Science Network. Be there. Oh, wow, Blank Check. I haven't watched this since I was eight years old. He's not into the FBI agent. Wait, what? Well, she's not going to reciprocate. No! 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 That's right, we watch Blank Check, so you know what that means. It's in the basket. Ryder's Bagel Basket. Just one thing, sir. What is your name? My name is Chris...
1: Bingo. My name is Macintosh. Well,
0: congratulations, Mr. Macintosh. You have a house.
1: Yes! Tear me apart, Lisa! Aw, oh, dang! I'm so excited! I'm so I'm scared! Oh, no. Hey, would you mind putting that gun away? My wife doesn't care, but I'm a very timid fellow. You idiot. Don't be mean. We don't have to be mean. Because, remember,
0: no matter where you go, there you are. Hi, welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. I'm Scott Kurland, and we kick off Baby Don't Hurt Me Month, our toxic relationship theme month, with Blank Check. And we have a first-time guest. She is the host of Crushgasm, Miss Kendra Beltran.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me for what is the wildest movie of our childhood. One of them.
0: Yeah. um, So I totally thought you were going to pick a Steve Martin movie because you love Steve Martin.
1: (laughs) He is my crush, but when it comes to nostalgic feels, a blank check gets me every time. (laughs)
0: Yeah, not so, for
1: that reason, not for the relationship, but.
0: <laughs> so as a kid, I never understood why, like my mom didn't want me watching this. We had it on VHS, but like, the first time she saw it, she's like, "Uh, maybe we should not watch this." And I didn't understand.
1: Yeah, because I don't think as a kid that's a memorable thing of it, or you think it's more innocent. You don't remember like they actually locked lips.
0: They locked He's lips. eleven.
1: Well, 12. It's his birthday at the
0: end. <laughs> he, he was 11 when he made the movie. <laughs> yeah.
1: And she was what? At most 25. 26. Oh. <laughs>
0: Karen Duffy. So, Kendra, since you've never been on Bagel Basket, why don't you give us the blockbuster rule? What would the back of the blockbuster video clamshell say to rent blank check?
1: All right actually wrote it down because I was really excited. <laughs> All right. 11-year-old Preston Waters is basically the front of not only his family, but in life as well. So when a criminal hits him on his bike and pays him off with a blank check, Preston lives the best week of his life, and that includes falling for a very older woman. Thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Uh, yeah. So my biggest problem with this movie, besides the romance, is – how awful his parents are
1: yes it, the parents in this like your 11 year old is not home he is working with some man you've never met in a mansion as well as your other teen children and you're just like I remember the scene his dad's like hey where's Preston oh Mr. Macintosh is oh where's the other boys Mister." and no question about it
0: yeah it's it's also the fact that he um gets clothing, like, so So his family doesn't have any red flags when this rich millionaire buys him new clothes, buys him a water slide, an entire arcade.
1: He's there at night as well. Your kid's missing at night. You're supposed to know where your kids are at night, okay? I know the 90s was, like, pretty progressive, but I feel like parenting shouldn't have dropped off that much.
0: So when... When Haley and I were watching this, um, the one thing that came to mind was the John Mulaney bit about parents believing anything an adult will say and not the kid back when he was growing up.
1: Totally. It's like, um, I don't know. It was a wild thing to watch the parents just be oblivious, all the adults in those movies. But I think that's kind of how all kids' movies were back then. I mean, I think of Home Alone, and the wet bandits, they were horrible. The parents were just like, oh, how do you miss a kid when you're packing for a vacation? So it's I kind know. of like oblivious parents were a thing of that era.
0: Well, my problem with the parents in this movie is that they're more dicks than being oblivious. Like their son's bike got run over by a Jaguar and their instinct is to ground Preston.
1: Yeah, they're like, you need to be more responsible with your things, Preston. It's like, I could have been injured. Thanks, you know.
0: Oh, (laughs) well, I saw my entire life flash before my eyes. Grandpa says hi, by the way. Um,
1: (laughs) Yeah, they were not the best. I mean, CPS totally should have been called at some point. Mm -hmm. Maybe Shay should have did that for him instead of kiss him, but hey, she had other intentions. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, Shay Stanley, like even, even I, as a kid did not have a crush on Shay because I mean, Karen Duffy, gorgeous, beautiful, but I, in the back of my mind, I was like, she's an adult. You're not Mm -hmm. supposed to have a crush on an adult.
1: I just knew that you could think they were pretty, but pursuing them was another story. And also, wasn't this around the same time? I want to think that they knew about the Michael Jackson stuff going this on in their exactly universe as around well. The time. <laughs> and they were just letting their son, like you said, get these big purchases by a mysterious older man. Yeah, and also the
0: fact that there is a mansion in the middle of this neighborhood
1: that only was listed for two hundred and twenty thousand. So just think about how much that was worth today.
0: Yeah um growing up in my small hometown there was a house that looked exactly like that house but those people didn't build it in the middle of a suburb they (laughs) built it at the end of a cul-de-sac where there weren't many houses and it was like all the way in the back and it was gated
1: but i like that the couple that had owned the house in the movie were just like these old people It's like, Uh, why?
0: (laughs) Oh, you know they were into some weird freaky deaky shit.
1: Yeah, because it was like a dungeon. Which, again, the dad went into the building. He had gone in there, and he didn't even question it. Like, at the end of the movie, he's, like, just thinking he's talking to Mr. McIntosh. And it's heartfelt. It's not like, hey, where the hell is my kid? He's like, well, if you see him, send him home, you know?
0: The thing that blew my mind with that is that he lives down the street, and he drove in his Volvo and got it valet parked, probably into his driveway.
1: Yeah, and then they walked home at the end. <laughs> like he left his car.
0: Yeah, at the party. it it made no sense. And how can we forget that ninety staple tone locus in this movie?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like him and then Biederman, the banker
0: Michael Lerner, who was in like every Coen Brothers movie. <laughs>
1: It was just, like, the casting was great. I mean, we have to admit that. Tone Loke was great in it. He was the comedic little uh, nod in there.
0: I I love how, watching it this time, it's incredibly problematic, everything Tone Loke is doing. Like, every scene, he is just checking out another woman. And I don't understand how this bank hires, like so many women who are just fine with with everything that's about to happen like when he's checking out the the girl when he bumps into Preston she's smiling did you notice that
1: i noticed i mean t- it's tone loke though is pretty charming maybe that was the reason why it was like if it had been the other guy beederman they would have been like Ugh, but <laughs> tone loke that voice i mean <laughs>
0: Yeah, I love I love when they introduce him. He's like, oh, look at you with your fine pearls and your name tag. Yeah,
1: it's the, it's the voice. I think that's why he was in the movie. He was playing oh. the sexy.
0: My I question guess. is, why didn't he write a song for this movie?
1: Yeah, it was missing that. They could have did, like, a scene by the pool and the slide. The man wrote Wild Thing and Funky Cool Modena. It was a missed opportunity on their part. Maybe Disney couldn't afford to get him in a role and a song. Of course they, like, they could. We just, no, they were like, we just spent all that money on The Lion King this year. You know, let's just, let's hold off on this live action one.
0: Well, The Lion King. So the crazy thing is this movie was filmed in 93 and didn't come out till 94. They shelved it for a year. Hmm. It was shelved because of the merger with ABC. They had Brian Bonsall in a TV movie with R.I.P. Bob Saget. um, And they wanted to see if this kid would, you know, do well.
1: I assume it did well.
0: It did fine. I mean, for a Saturday night movie with Bob Saget, like (laughs) it did okay. But then they like waited another six months to release this.
1: I thought you were going to say they shelved it for a while to be like, they're like, we're going to test the market. Are people upset about the kiss between this grown woman and this child?
0: Oh, my God. To be a fly on the wall of those test screening. I I just picture some like Midwestern mom at the Mall of America because that's where they used to do these, you know, screenings. And her note card was like, excuse me, excuse me. That little boy should not be kissing that FBI agent. Okay, we'll take it under consideration. So, at one point when he's dressed up in the little tuxedo at the end, <laughs> Haley goes, "Oh, look, it's Polly Pocket's accountant."
1: <laughs> a white suit no less. Like, he was flashy. Yeah,
0: um, he he How do I say this? I wanted his wardrobe as a kid. <laughs> I I did. I thought he looked so cool. I was like Like
1: after he got the money right.
0: Yes, after he got the money. The the outfit in particular was I always wanted to wear a suit as a kid. So the 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 date with Shay, the the blue suit with the with the tiny uh Kadim Hardison from a different world sunglasses. (laughs) You were getting that vibe, right? Yeah.
1: I like that that was, you're like, that is the epitome of cool and I need it. Did you ever get a suit? Like yeah, that?
0: I didn't oh. get a suit like that. Oh. <laughs> I got, like, so growing up in Massachusetts, in Boston, like, we had, we didn't have the cool West Coast colors. The darkest color suit I ever had was a, like, moss green or a navy blue. I think it was navy blue.
1: I didn't know the colors were regional.
0: Massachusetts, we're we're all here in Boston. We're we're all depressed and sad all the time.
1: (laughs) I guess my nephew in... The 2000s in Arkansas was like, yeah, I mean, this outfit we just got in town, it's like Barry Will Smith getting jiggy with it. And I'm like, that's like a feel I, I in my head, I was like, did you guys just get that song? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so Maybe that's it. But yeah, out in the West Coast, that's how I guess we dressed.
0: Well, keep in mind here in Massachusetts, we had the Winter Hill Gang. We had Whitey Bulger at this time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, things weren't looking up for us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but out in the West Coast we had Will Smith, so yeah, a little more And I was not, but I guess the other people were. I was wearing like bicycle shorts with like oversized Winnie the Pooh shirts. Well at the
0: time. <laughs> I always wanted I was that kid who like everyone's like, Oh yeah, let's get the the um Looney Tunes characters, you know with the sunglasses
1: and the bucket hats on. And where it was like the front and then there were butts on the back.
0: No, it was when they were trying to do the kit the crisscross kid and play type of um, design. So it it was like the whole hip hop look of of Bugs Bunny. He's got the glasses on and
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the backwards baseball cap.
1: I think I have that in my closet right now. Seriously? I think I do. I will look after this. That's amazing. I I know I have an old school Looney Tunes shirt I found at a thrift store. And anytime I find something like that, I swipe it up. I have like a vintage Michael Jordan one, one of my most uh, cherished items. And one time I found like a Magic Johnson like Lakers jersey in a trash can perfectly new outside of the Jay Leno studio. (laughs) Was it I'm from even Jay a, Leno? <laughs> I don't know. I was like, I have to. I told my friend, I'm like, I'm going to go put this in your car. Like, it wasn't dirty or anything. And it, I'm not even a sports fan, but I kept that thing. I was like, I don't know. It's
0: the things that out. I find out about Jay Leno more and more just blow my mind. Like, I didn't know he is obsessed with, like, the Celtics, but that's because he's from Massachusetts. Um, but he's also, like, the biggest, like, literary nerd, and he's, like, a huge fan of of Harry Potter. <laughs> like, the stuff I find out about Jay is just very, very disturbing at times.
1: <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of his because of the whole Conan O'Brien drama. Oh, and the big yeah. Conan fan, so.
0: Yeah. Um, I have friends who were writing... I have not fans. I've I have friends who were writing on Conan for the Late Show, and then when it got or the Tonight Show, and when it got turned into, you know, them moving to TBS because of it. I talked to them about it, and they're like, "Yeah, uh, everything's really tense right now."
1: It seemed like it. I remember. um... It was about, I and mean, when it all happened, they had like this protest at Universal uh, Studios <laughs> and me and my roommate went and it was pouring rain and we're like, I think it was the only protest I've ever been into in my life, but it was a worthy cause for Conan to get that Tonight Show back. Oh, Didn't work, Kaka. but.
0: No, no, but with this movie, I love how they're trying to convince us that it's Indi- it, it's LA, but it's Indiana. Like so this movie was filmed in LA and San Antonio, Texas. It's supposed to be Indiana. It is not Indiana.
1: <laughs> I've never been to Indiana. I, I have.
0: have. <laughs> Indiana does not look like this.
1: No, Indiana does have. not have
0: a sharper image.
1: <laughs> the downtown area is not like with the big fountains and like fancy places to take shade at dinner.
0: No. No. Uh I also that scene in itself how he doesn't know that it's crawfish <laughs> blows my mind.
1: I just nobody in the restaurant thought that table over there something's going on that's not right.
0: Well, everyone is like okay with like when they find out he has a crush on Shay, everyone's like like oh, okay, that's adorable. Not like hey, this is wrong. Henry, who is, like, I guess the most responsible character in the film, question mark. Because <laughs> <Like, laughs> Henry knows right away that this kid just has a million dollars. I hundred yeah. After this viewing, I 100% believe that.
1: Yes, because he, he's like, oh, tell Mr. Macintosh I'm going to miss him. And you're like, mm-hmm, yeah. But he was, like, getting paid. So I'd be like, hell oh, yeah, to hang out and just eat ice cream, play video games.
0: That ice cream. I've always wanted that ice cream.
1: I know as a fat kid growing up, any movie that had like significant food scenes just stuck out to me. My husband, also a former uh, fat kid. And we just will be like, oh, remember the pizza in that one? Remember the, that? One? <laughs> like all our movie memories are food.
0: Yeah. And now I have to work out like for 45 minutes a day every day to stay in mm-hmm. shape. And I hate it. And watching Preston, you know, eat that entire tub of ice cream, I'm like, you don't deserve this. No,
1: you know that? Oh my God, that ice cream! And,
0: yeah, and where to believe that Hagendoss doesn't have whipped cream of his own, and he had to go buy a can of whipped cream <laughs> to.
1: He should have got Rite Aid ice cream, though.
0: Rite Aid <laughs> from, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah.
1: from like from like a thrifty kid... ice cream. Yeah. See, I mean, he imagine that all that money in Rite Aid, he could have got way more for way less. His dad was trying to teach him about being thrifty and he just did not take the lessons.
0: Honestly, I, I was saying after if I was him, I would be like, I have a million dollars. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go into the middle of the woods. I, I'm sorry, family. You don't see me anymore. Take half the money. Have it accrue interest and like find a different bank i know preston you want to be with shay but go to a different bank where there isn't a known money launderer yeah. and then uh you know hide in the middle of the woods and just live off your interest for the rest of the, your life
1: yeah i definitely would have been more responsible with it i feel like you know, even 11 years old i was Like my dad, he didn't live with us, but every two weeks he'd give me like 20 bucks for this like measly little child support. And I'd be like, oh, yeah. And I was like the saver of my family. So I had an older brother, a half brother, and he would like have to borrow money from me sometimes. And I would charge interest. I was a little banker as a child.
0: You're you're not the only person who I've heard that from. One of my best friends in the world has told me that that she used to do that.
1: Yeah, I'd be like, well, you now owe me such and such and such. Or
0: yeah, they, I, they used to be like, yeah, you're going to borrow $20. You're going to return 30 It's 10, mm-hmm. $10 interest per day.
1: Yeah, and we had my mom's boyfriend at the time. He had this brother that would come over and eat our food all the time. And I would write up a tally. I'd be like, you had two cans of Coke, one bag of chips. Because, you know, I, I took my sack lunch. And I'm like, if you're eating my mini Doritos, what am I going to have? Or my Dunkaroos. No 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 no. So I was given the Never tab. touch the
0: Dunkaroos. Do not yeah. touch. Which Dunkaroos did you have? Did you have the the chocolate frosting or the um rainbow frosting?
1: Rainbow all
0: the way. Chocolate all the way. Mm. Sorry, Kendra. <laughs> I did I did not like the rainbow little things like bursting in my mouth. I didn't like that.
1: They I just saw like to, to be a fat kid today would be glorious because like Dunkaroos is back and they have like a pancake batter of like a big jar of frosting. They have <laughs> all these things at Walmart and like my fat kid heart, like the arteries clog the other day when I was there. I was like, what is all of this? I couldn't buy it though.
0: I had a fat kid moment where a few months ago, I literally bought a thing of 3D Doritos when I saw them. And then like healthy me now was like, I took a bite. I was like, oh, this is gross. I'm glad I only paid a dollar and I threw out the rest of the 3D Doritos because they don't taste the same.
1: Like what time machine were you in that you found these?
0: The CVS had them.
1: Oh, they're back. Yeah. And not better than ever.
0: (laughs) No, they are not. (laughs) No. I
1: I didn't like them as a kid, though. I thought they tasted different than a regular. And I was like, in the 90s, I feel like Cool Ranch was all the way. Mm -hmm. And so... To me, that they just didn't hit the spot.
0: Well, the sweet chili Doritos now are pretty awesome. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah. So, with Preston, how d- this is going back to his parents being complete idiots. They let his brothers take over his room, and I'm convinced that his dad knew that they stole all of his money.
1: Yeah, that was. It's like, why couldn't they? The house looked big enough to have maybe an attic, or if you're saying it was in Indiana, wouldn't it have maybe a basement of sorts? Mm-hmm. So that's how I that knew right they there. filmed
0: this in LA because there was no basement <laughs> in that house.
1: Yeah, so it's like there was probably space in that house. So I can see why. If you noticed, and another problematic part of this movie, the first thing on his birthday wish list was like to hire a hitman on his brothers.
0: Oh, yeah, I but but see, that's problematic. But when you meet his brothers, it's like I don't approve, but I understand
1: totally understandable. But it was like it stayed prominent as like number one on his list throughout the movie. And I was like, they keep showing it in the movie in so many ways could have taken way darker turns if they ever wanted to reboot this.
0: They just do like an inglorious bastards, like a montage of how he gets rid of his brother's.
1: Like he takes from the guy, he takes the money. It's Hitman. It's like a very Tarantino. Yeah, I could see it. And if Tarantino I, just wants to do his 10th film, make it a blank check remake.
0: I would not put it past Tarantino to <laughs> remake. Cause like I, I picture him, he would love to remake like a Disney movie, probably a Disney movie that Kurt Russell starred in as a kid and then recast Kurt Russell in that role.
1: Yeah, like, I, imagine
0: if he, Tarantino's last movie was the computer wore tennis shoes with an adult <laughs> Kurt Russell.
1: That would, I mean, Kurt Russell's gorgeous, so I'd take it.
0: Yeah, Kurt Russell as Quigley. Yeah, so <laughs> Quigley is, do you know who that is?
1: No, but I know he passed away recently because I you know, I saw the name and I was like, oh, he's from Blank Check. It was like the only thing I knew him from.
0: Well, he was also in um, RoboCop, but... He, he was that's George Clooney's cousin. That's Miguel Ferreira. That's Rosemary Clooney's son. Oh. Yeah.
1: George Clooney. Yep. A big big hit on that. He's someone from the 90s I just don't get. I never got like when I
0: when I look at like most of the cast of Ocean's 11, I'm like Clooney, eh, I I don't understand. Brad Pitt I totally understand. Yes. Matt Damon to a certain mm. extent. But the person from Ocean's Eleven, that, I'm like, why isn't he a bigger, you know, I I guess, you know, sex symbol, question mark, is Don Cheadle. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Especially in, uh, um, oh, my God, uh, Out of Sight.
1: I haven't seen that, but.
0: Don Cheadle in Out of Sight is, like, he plays a psychopath, and he is amazing in it.
1: So maybe if. Tarantino does remake Blink Check with his version, he could get George Clooney to play his cousin. Yeah, like he could pay homage.
0: Yeah, get George Clooney, John Goodman, and Don Cheadle.
1: Yeah, he'll get Tone Loke, and he'll get him to do a song. Because <laughs> that's just how Tarantino does it. You know, he always kills it with the soundtracks.
0: And I just picture Christoph Waltz as as Mr. Waters. <laughs>
1: I could see that, (laughs) but he'd be a way better dad. Preston, my son, you need to (laughs) save your money. Who would be the mom? Um,
0: I mean, it's Tarantino. So probably Uma.
1: True. true. He likes to recycle. And also, did you notice his brother is Bud Bundy's brother?
0: Yeah. That that's uh, is a Chris Faustino.
1: I don't remember. It's Dave. It's
0: David Faustino's brother. Mm -hmm. I think it's either Brendan or Chris Fustino.
1: Yeah, I saw that. And then at the end of the movie, it's like where you get a good look at him. And I was like, oh, it is him. Yeah, He used to work at Jimmy Kimmel as like a stage crew. And one time I was at a taping and I was like just talking to my friend. I thought it was loud enough for him not to hear me. And I was like, that guy looks like Bud Bundy. And he looks so mad. He was like, because that's my brother. I was like, okay okay, I didn't mean anything by it. He's an attractive man. Calm down.
0: (laughs) I wonder what would have happened if you said, oh my God, that looks like the guy from Blank
1: Check. He probably would have been way happier (laughs)
0: with me. He would have just like swaggered over and like, hey, you like Blank Check? I was in that movie. Okay, cool. Can we sit down now, please?
1: No, it's the outdoor concert, so it's just standing in a parking lot.
0: Oh, who did you see? Who was it?
1: Uh, The concert? Yeah. Can't recall, but Jimmy Kimmel. So if I was in the front, I was in the front, so it's probably um, probably Fallout Boy, Panic at the Disco, one of those.
0: Yeah, the, the ones that like I probably would have been at was, you know, Jenny Lewis, obviously. Um or or Haim.
1: I never saw those ones but yeah I would go to Jimmy Kimmel all the time it's like I always say I spent more time at Jimmy Kimmel tapings than in class when I was in college That's amazing I got to I got to tell him that when I was a senior cuz I for all the years that I went I never actually met kimmel i've never interacted with him but the lady who ran the ticketing service loved me because i was always there and she put me in the front for one of the jonas brothers um in studio interviews and you know you know they talked to the audience before and i got to tell them that it was a really cute moment
0: <laughs> yeah um <laughs> when i used to work at the da- daily show everyone was so impressed when Jon stewart would come out and talk to them
1: i mean oh my god you that's so cool he's so handsome. <laughs>
0: But with this movie, like Henry, like the, the, the limo driver,
1: once again, he
0: becomes like a surrogate father for this kid. But when I think the scene that creeped me out the most is when he's like commenting how jacked Preston is.
1: You know, I saw him more as like his only friend, because at the beginning of the movie, when he goes to this birthday party for some reason, even though he's not well liked, he has like nobody to hang out with. So I thought Henry was more of like his first friend in life. But yeah, yeah that that's is really, really sad. Don't yeah. <laughs> the poor man's Chris Barley was your like only friend.
0: That guy was in um uh, uh Little Monsters with Fred Savage. Ooh. Yeah, he was one of the bad guys. He was also in Nothing But Trouble, which we've talked about on this podcast.
1: Oh, and he's also in a cinematic treasure blank check.
0: <laughs> yeah, and he's in scary movie. Um, but I wanted to talk about the um the party at the beginning because I have never known of an amusement park where you have to pay to get on rides.
1: Yeah, no, maybe that's like a Indiana thing in their mind. I don't think so. <laughs> I
0: I think they're they're trying to make maybe. a point, but mm-hmm. like even growing up, like my parents wouldn't let me go to someone's birthday party without having at least twenty dollars on me to get myself food or get myself, you know, tickets or tokens. Like we had something. Here in Massachusetts called Fun World, which was an arcade, but it wasn't a an amusement park. It was like like it had a, f- uh, a go-kart race in it that you had to pay to get on. But that was about it.
1: Yeah, his parents definitely said I'm up for failure in that because he was only allowed to get like six tokens and nothing. He could only ride the carousel. And yeah. I just felt bad for him. I, I don't even know why he went in the first place again.
0: He didn't want to. They forced him to go. And I'm pretty sure that was the same six flags from step by step.
1: I was going to say, was it because of the splash zone? I part? think
0: I think it was like he literally got splashed like Patrick Duffy and Suzanne Summers got.
1: Which when I went to Universal Studios, the Jurassic Park ride, right? I thought, oh, I'm going to stand here and get step by step. And it didn't happen. I was really sad
0: there so there is an amusement park up here in Massachusetts that you can get step by step you can get soaked that way
1: well i live on the east coast now so maybe i'll have to go there when the weather's yeah. nice
0: <laughs> yeah um another thing with this entire movie is the fact that the woman at the beginning when Preston writes the blank check um we haven't even talked about the computer. I could spend a half an hour talking about that computer. Um, but when he writes the check, the old woman who gives him like a ration of shit, there's something nihilistic about her being so happy to watch him get yelled at and then when she he doesn't get yelled at by Biederman, she like the satisfaction on her face going to disappointment is very upsetting. <laughs>
1: I think it goes into the like kids movies. You have to see the adults as the enemy type thing, or maybe she was a substitute, like a former teacher who had a student like him. I'm giving her a backstory. Want to <laughs> develop her?
0: And I was thinking,
1: I don't think
0: Preston does end up broke because he opened up the savings account right with the two hundred dollars.
1: Yes. So that's going to accrue
0: interest. Was it two hundred or three hundred?
1: I think too, because that was like the minimum.
0: Okay, yeah, he literally should have just put the like five hundred dollars in there, and then by the end of the summer he would have accrued like a thousand dollars.
1: But he did not. He did not. He spent so much money, and it was only six days.
0: Yeah, it was six days. I thought it was two weeks originally. I thought it was two weeks, but it, in six days, and we were watching this. I was like, look at all the stuff that he he buys, and. At first Haley was like, oh, well, he's only buying like, you know, the the truck full of cookies and the truck full of like chips and soda is not gonna be a ton of money. And I did the math. So a truck full of Coca-Cola, not cocaine. <laughs> I was about to say a truck full of Coke, a truck full of cocaine, uh whoops, a truck full of Coca <laughs> A truck full of Coca-Cola back then would have been probably about five hundred dollars.
1: Wow,
0: five five hundred to a thousand dollars.
1: But then and, he bought, like, like that wall of TVs. And,
0: but he doesn't end up broke because all he has to do is just sell all that stuff.
1: But does he? Because like, I think the FBI would have like seized everything.
0: Yeah, but his girlfriend works for the FBI.
1: So <laughs> <laughs> hey, girl.
0: Yeah, like at at the end when she's like showing the badge and being like all cutesy with him. I'm like, okay. What the and hell?
1: She, she even says, call me in like 10 years or something.
0: Yeah. And so he's he's eleven or twelve and he goes he goes eight. No, he goes five. So he would be sixteen. Still a problem. Yeah. And then then uh she goes seven and he goes six and she says deal
1: six he, okay she gets to his eight because he turned 12 that day yeah so she does get to 18 it's still a problem kendra <laughs> yeah. it's still
0: a problem
1: i know i mean but she works in the fbi she's gonna pull strings she probably changed his birth certificate at headquarters to make their love a thing
0: okay so she's mary kayla Terno?
1: yes I mean, that was that happening around the same time, Oh, too? yeah.
0: Okay. Mary Kay Letourneau was 93, I believe. Okay.
1: Maybe that's why they were holding off on uh, releasing it. They're like, ooh.
0: Yeah, that, that could be it. But none of them thought that this is probably going to be a huge problem. I just pictured the pitch meeting with Eisner and, and Jeffrey Katzenberg. um, And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa he's in love with the FBI agent and she reciprocates? <laughs> oh, like, okay, I, I have no notes. Okay, that I was just asking questions. Like, I picture this as, like, pitch meeting from from Screen Crush.
1: No, they're like, mm, it is questionable, but if you put Tone Loke more in We'll sign it on the dotted line and then that happens.
0: <laughs> I, I feel like he's like, in his raspy vo- I can't do a tone look's voice, but I, I feel like he was like, Did someone say my name? <laughs> like he j- <laughs> just was outside of different movie studios at the time. For sure. Because <laughs> at this time he was doing Ace Ventura. He did this. He did Surf Ninjas. Um, and he was in Fern Gully, right?
1: Um, yes, I was like going to say, I think he's like in Fern Gully.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's definitely in Fern Gully because. That's, he plays, like,
1: the mud monster?
0: He he plays, like, a giant rapping lizard.
1: Or oh, okay, okay, yes, 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 yes.
0: He's, like, a giant iguana
1: mm-hmm.
0: that tries to eat uh, Pips and uh, uh, Zach.
1: Yes, yes. It's been so long since I watched that, but that was another one I would rent all the time that my mom just would not buy me for some reason.
0: Yep. I will never forget the cover of Rain Gully, the Last Rain Forest. That poster is burned in my brain. That and Surf Ninjas and Bill and Ted. I don't
1: know what Surf Ninjas is.
0: You've never seen Surf Ninjas? Mm -mm. So uh, Ernie Reyes Jr. from uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Two. Do you remember their friend who uh, was the martial artist who helped them in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Two? The Mm. pizza delivery guy. So him and his brother turn out to be, like, the crown princes of this small Polynesian island off the coast of Asia. And uh, they basically have to fight Leslie Nielsen. I
1: thought this was going to be in the Three Ninjas, like franchise i guess it's a its own thing
0: they tried but rob schneider is in this movie they basically are california surfers who end up in in this small you know island off the coast of asia and teach this entire community how to surf (laughs) all
1: right i'm gonna check it out i love a
0: good it's really hard to track down but yeah
1: I love a good I love three ninjas, so check it out. Yep.
0: And Tone Loke plays basically there he plays a cop in that, but he becomes like their guardian. <laughs> it's it's weird. It's insane.
1: It's crazy how many like kids movies he was involved
0: in. It because like at this time, this movie, blank check for an actor who is playing the villain, probably they're gonna be built first or second so you gotta think that they're getting paid at least a hundred thousand dollars
1: well I mean all right I would take it too yeah I wouldn't even question the relationship of the child and the woman but you know
0: yeah I mean like the the way he stumbles upon Preston so many times like juice is just like oh if you want a kid there's a kid over there and they're like that's the boy.
1: Yeah, the park scene. I was like, okay, come on. Is
0: there how, only one park in town, And how no one dies. And once again, part of the problem with Preston is he loses like wads of $1,000 like bundles so easily in this movie.
1: hmm Yeah, they just like grab it out of his... He, he just carries around all this money in his backpack all the time.
0: Yeah, he needed a safe because like Debbie Allen, as the party planner basically because she's dealing with a little boy. I don't understand why she was dealing with him. Why didn't Henry act as the surrogate for this party planner?
1: Mm -hmm. And she just like grabbed all the money. I was like, bitch, (laughs) (laughs) like that. It made me like so mad inside that she would do that. And he just let her, I think he was like a little dead inside at that point.
0: Well, like as a kid, when I was that age and like, an adult would say I need to give them something like I automatically assumed if not I get in trouble
1: I think it's because like I am such like my mom raised us on South Park way too much (laughs) that we and she taught us like you know, treat people as they treat you. Not We didn't grow up with the, like, respect your elders. It was like, if your elder is disrespecting you, you can disrespect them right back type right. of thing. So I would have definitely been like, girl, get your hands off my stacks.
0: Yeah. And honestly, I would have fired her right there and then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, eh. So let's get into the, the meat of the actual love story. Ugh. I've been trying to, like... Hold this back, but we got to get into it because this is toxic relationship month.
1: Like he walks into that bank, and it is instant attraction.
0: Yeah, right away. And and I think she flirts back. She she does, and it's so weird because she's, like, 26. Like, I gotta look this up. I gotta see how old Karen Duffy was at this point. And
1: she, like, didn't know at the time that he would be so involved in the case that she was undercover, which, how long was she working at that bank for this? Don't know. But, yeah, she was like, oh, next time you come in, ask for me. Like, oh, girl, what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, lady. <laughs> so, she was born in 1962. They filmed this movie in 93. So, I think... I think she was 31. Even older than we suspected. <laughs> yeah. So let's do the math. Yeah, she was 31.
1: 20 she year's was... older.
0: We th- we were giving her the benefit of the doubt. We're like, oh, she yeah. she was a young actress. She was 24. No, she was 31 years old. And, like, I mean, actors can't choose the roles they're given. I mean right after she did this she did dumb and dumber where she was one of the hitmen like you you get the roles you get but at the same time like i would have preferred to see her in do you remember the movie the big green yes <laughs> i would have loved to see her as the um the soccer teacher
1: she'd have been good in that no relationships there, even though I always was like, I think the teacher's kind of hot for like the Mexican kid because he was a little
0: too grown. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He looked a little adult. (laughs) But like with this entire movie, there is a scene where where Shay is jogging at night Mm -hmm. and and like, (sighs) I I don't care if she's an FBI agent, you're not going to jog at night i mean you see where i'm going with this like she could have gotten murdered she could have got
1: and then like he finds her jogging i don't know how small this town or city was supposed to be but he like rolls up on her in a limo that could like you're saying that could have gone terribly wrong she could have got snatched yeah yeah she
0: could have basically everything we're thinking right now could have happened (laughs)
1: Again, and, and, this movie could always have gone darker than it was. Yeah, and
0: I think, oh, what I wanted to say is, in the fountain scene, you you can see her butt. Like, the water shoots up. And back then, this was like, you know, film. But now in high def, in 4K, I saw her butt. <laughs> like, you could, as, as oh. uh Past and future very, guest. Oh, sorry. It was a
1: very short dress to begin with and very low cut to be going on a date, whether or not that she qualified it as that, he thought it was. And no, it was, she
0: said it was a date. Okay.
1: <laughs> so like she wore a very low cut shirt with a boy who was likely going through puberty at the time. <laughs> and a very it was very short as well. I don't want to shame her, but I'm going to shame her because it was an 11 year old she was out with.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fine. As past and future guests, Christopher Brown has said on this podcast, that's, that's for the dads (laughs) like (laughs) Shay in this movie. And even Preston's mom, Preston's mom is, is kind of a dish, um, but for the dads and there is literally a line where Preston's dad says, this computer can teach you everything from doing your taxes to, doesn't he say make love to a woman?
1: Oh my God, does he?
0: He does. And oh the mom says, Oh, we're going to have to get your dad that program.
1: Oh my God. Yeah, this is water. a horny movie. Whew. I was going to bring up that Brady Bunch um, Christmas movie because that's a horny movie as well. <laughs> All the
0: Brady Bunch <laughs> movies are horny.
1: It's crazy how much they differ from the show. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wild. But yeah, the dress she wore, that fountain scene, also being like a wet t-shirt contest in the end. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he gives her a necklace. She's always coming around the house. It's just too much.
0: Yeah. I mean, she's coming out around the house because she's an FBI agent and she's trying to do her job. But, like, Preston doesn't know that.
1: Yeah, and- and he thinks, like, this is love. This is happening. You don't understand, mom and dad.
0: But, yeah, and after, so, let's get into the kiss. Because (sighs) the the first time, like, when they're in the limo and they're soaking wet, uh, after the fountain scene, she lingers at him and he lingers at her. And then she gives him a high five. And you're like, oh, thank God. (laughs) And then- yeah and and then, at the end with with like her showing him, you know her badge and, and her gun, he's like, "That's awesome." And then she kisses him. He doesn't yeah. kiss her. She kisses him.:
1: Yeah, it's like not even a peck on the cheek, and it lingers, and it's on the lips, and it's just 10 all seconds are wrong.
0: It's 10 it's- seconds long.
1: That's longer than most of your first kisses with another child, like, in middle school.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's longer than, like, any game of spin the bottle. Mm-hmm. And how do you explain that? Like, oh, my first kiss was with an FBI agent. Okay, Preston, yeah, we believe you.
1: Yeah, well, he just calls her up, because she obviously slipped him his her number, her office number, because she was one. It, it's so weird. Like, how... <laughs> How
0: awful are the men in, in Indiana?
1: <laughs> I think also, I mean, the kiss could have been like one of those moments where like she's like, he's a loser. Let me give him something to live for. Doesn't make it right, but I kind of can see maybe that's maybe where her head was at the end. She's like, Oh crap, he just got taken by this criminal. I mean, like, up he didn't any friends, his like limo driver's gone. Let me give him some
0: something. Well, I I would have loved for her to end up with Henry the limo driver. Oh, that
1: would have
0: been nice. (laughs) There are two, like, relationship stories in this. There's the one with him and Shay, and then there's him and Henry, and Henry is a better father, as I said before, than his own father. More encouraging, but at the end, the dad still doesn't learn the lesson. He's like, oh, yeah, maybe I'm a little too hard on Preston. And then... He's like, oh, my God, Preston, you're in shock. (laughs) It's like, get home.
1: Yeah. I mean, maybe it's just like, again, I think parents of that era just weren't given the they just were in a different light. I think of a lot of teen movies like that. And like I said, Home Alone and even Mm -hmm. watching Pin 15 now, that's kind of how they portrayed parents of that era. Just kind of nonchalant, kind of in your life if they want to be.
0: Yeah and with with like Preston and dealing with Quigley, like even when when he's doing the home alone in the house, like and he's attacking them, um when Quigley basically fakes his own death and is drowning in the pool and then strangles, he literally strangles Preston.
1: yeah <laughs> uh, there is some. Violence against children, but, I mean, not the worst thing, because then we have an adult kissing a child, so... Uh. See,
0: well, what would have made this movie better is if Preston was, like, a teenager in high school.
1: Yeah, like, 15.
0: Played probably by an 18-year-old actor. Like, like a Luke Perry. I was thinking uh, Patrick Dempsey, but, yeah, sure. Like, you, you have, like, someone in their teens, or 20s, playing a teenager, then this movie's not as creepy, but then like you don't get all the toys like him, like, you know, getting the go-kart and you know, all that stuff.
1: Yeah. It just would have been like one of those, just a can't hardly wait moment with the big party. Yeah. And a lot of like alcohol and all that it definitely would have leaned more towards that way. So I could see why they went with the kid, but yeah, the whole Shay thing, there was a wrench in it. For yeah. It being be- a perfect movie.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because like Shay, herself, like, once again, I don't want to say that the female characters are underwritten in this movie, but they are. Like, Shay doesn't have a lot to do. She meets with her handler twice. They don't have any conversation. No. It's like, find out who Macintosh is. And how that realtor doesn't know that Macintosh is a computer is beyond me.
1: Yeah, I was like, girl. And she's like, oh, let's hear from the phone. I'm like, oh. And
0: there's no way that he should have. They should have been like, oh, oh, three hundred thousand dollars. Because when they hear that it isn't the person who is making the offer, they wouldn't take that offer on the house.
1: Mm-hmm. That was. I mean, I've never bought a house. So I don't know if maybe they don't do. If they did it like that, that's just by not phone how call.
0: it works. That's not how <laughs> yeah. it works.
1: It's like I didn't know you could just call in and it was like a bidding war like that. No.
0: No. Usually, you have to write a very nice letter. And then you make the offer, you know, that way. But he literally just pulled off her number for the realtor, you know, by walking home. No realtor would have all of that information that way with the sign.
1: And, like, he never got in trouble for any of it either. And it's because that guy... He did take the fall and be Macintosh, but like they had to have known it was Preston all along, right? I mean, she was an FBI agent. They're smart people, I think.
0: Well, they were looking for this guy, so they they probably assumed that what Macintosh was doing or what Quickly was doing was he was using the kid as a front and buying all of this stuff to keep him silent.
1: Hmm. Do you think he got even worse charges because they were like, oh, you were using a child? It was like child endangerment.
0: The prosecutor would probably be like, "And what were you doing with 11-year-old Preston Waters?" <laughs> like
1: And then Shay gets like nervous sweats because she was doing a lot more with him.
0: This is the grossest movie we've ever talked about <laughs> on this podcast. The more the more we talk about it, like I do not understand how like I was able to watch this as a kid. The other movie that I watched as a kid, and I had to do it on someone else's podcast, was the Ladybugs with the hmm. late great Jonathan Brandis. Um, like that's another movie. I'm like, how the hell did these films get make made in the 90s? And like when I got out of film school, I couldn't get any of my screenplays made. It
1: goes back to like you're just looking at things, and you're like, how they just are wasting money you're just throwing money at things that should not be made.
0: No, it made no goddamn sense.
1: (laughs) And like, was it a hit? I feel like a lot of the movies we loved as children, maybe weren't hits in the grand scheme financially, but they were hits in our hearts.
0: So this tanked at the box office, but it was huge on VHS. Okay. So this was a cult hit. And also it played all the time on uh abc family because i always remember the image of preston causing the giant car accident and (laughs) then going yeah (laughs) i don't know why that was a thing in 90s movies where like the main hero kid had to be like yeah gotcha (laughs) gotcha like uh macaulay culkin and home alone did the yes 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 like I don't know why that was a thing. You're wasting time. These people can catch up to you and murder you.
1: Well, Macaulay Cole can set the bar very high. And then whatever he did, they were just like, keep on doing it.
0: Yeah. With this movie, the other thing that like sets the tone for a completely different movie is the music. This is that like 90s synth where it sounds like everyone is about to be murdered. <laughs>
1: Well, they almost were. Like he was always having to look behind his back because he stole a million dollars. He
0: he was. And like honestly, what he should have done, as I said before, is just ran away. <laughs> this becomes like an Oscar worthy like like drama about a family that their son runs away from home because he has a million dollars and it just ends with him dexter morgan style living in the <laughs> middle of the woods by himself in a so cabin we
1: From tarantino like very violent movie and now we're doing a another different type of Oscar yeah it, it's like a jane
0: campion like power of the dog the piano type of movie
1: that timothy chalamet or whatever is going to be preston in, in this a24 remake
0: <laughs> yeah call me by your blank check <laughs>
1: Zendaya is also in it. She, she, no, she's too young to be Shay. Too young.
0: Yeah, it would have to be like Rosie Perez.
1: (laughs) No, who would, I don't know who they would pick.
0: Oh, let's, let's see. Uh, Probably.
1: (sighs) Oh, that, that, Olivia. (laughs) Olivia, no, mm, I was going to say that lady. Anybody from like the crown or whatever? Oh, Olivia (laughs) Coleman. Yes.
0: Olivia (laughs) Coleman as Shay. (laughs)
1: Having with a, a love affair
0: with Timothy Chalamet.
1: Let's give Don Cheadle tone looks, roll.
0: Finally. Thank you, Kendra.
1: Yes, he's going to be that. I still see George Clooney because he, he could do it. He could do it. He could do drama. He would do the violence. He would do it all.
0: And, and I still see Goodman. I still see Goodman as Biederman.
1: Yes, because he is doing amazing right now in The Righteous Gemstones.
0: I love The Righteous Gemstones. He's so good.
1: I feel like more people are watching it now. I felt like nobody watched it the first season. <laughs> but now I'm seeing a lot of love for Judy Gemstone. which as a middle child between two boys, I'm like, yeah. I did, I did the Preston thing. I went, yeah.
0: I I was the baby of the family. I was the Adam Divine.
1: Oh, the babies.
0: I Okay, so I I my parents treated both me and my sister like we were both the older child, so so we were both treated like adults. We both had to be responsible. I was not treated like I was the youngest.
1: Which is weird because Preston was the baby as well, and he was treated so badly, and that's, like, not how it usually went.
0: And, like, well, I still I still don't buy the fact that the Preston wouldn't have hid, like, a bundle of, like, $10,000. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, his you said his brother stole his money, so he obviously didn't feel safe in his home. But I feel at the time, didn't everybody like, especially in a place like so-called Indiana, have like a treehouse or something, clubhouse somewhere?
0: Like they wouldn't like check under his bed or go into like his sock drawer. <laughs> True,
1: missed opportunity, Preston.
0: What, what I used to do as a kid, subconsciously hide like five, ten, or twenty-dollar bills in like different pairs of pants like if I'm I'm you know that that's what I did the most as a kid like if I had to put clothes away for the winter I would hide 10 bucks here 20 bucks there so like when summer came I would pull out the shorts and like I would have like 20 bucks
1: what a little surprise that's a good idea
0: yeah because also I I knew that like hey maybe I'm having a bad day and subconsciously I'll just put on a pair of shorts and be like I want to go to the movies and then like Oh, I don't have money. Wait, uh, yeah, I do. Thanks, me.
1: <laughs> That's a good idea. Now that I live where there are seasons, I'm going to try that.
0: Yeah, makes you. It also helps your self esteem too. <laughs> like it's like, oh wow, now I'm having a great day. I was having a bad day. Now I'm having a great sisterhood of the traveling pants, magic pants day.
1: <laughs> I, it is always exciting to find money in pants. You're like, oh my god, I on the lot. <laughs> it's like five dollars, and you're like. Change my life. Going to buy a house now. Because
0: after my bar mitzvah, that's what I did a ton. Like, I donated uh, some of my money to um, <clears throat> the Fox Foundation. And then I took out some of the mon- money and I hit like like 20 bucks in like 20 different pairs of like shorts and, and wow. pants. Wow.
1: Are you still finding them today?
0: <laughs> yeah, sometimes I do. Oh my god. Like... I, like So I lost, over quarantine, I gained a ton of weight, and then I lost a ton of weight. And, like, as a joke, I had a pair of shorts that I had back in high school and college. I'm like, these will never fit me again, and now they fit again. And I found, like, $40 in them.
1: Wow. I was like, like
0: thanks, 18-year-old me.
1: That was a prize for getting into shape. (laughs) It's (laughs)
0: like, what is this business card? Shea Stanley FBI. <laughs> so, is there anything we're missing?
1: I think the fact that this movie came out in a year of such other heavy hitters of uh, kids movies that, and it was able to like hold its own in our didn't memories. this come out during the Sandlot? No. It was Little Giants, Mighty Ducks 2, My Girl 2, Page Master North, Richie Rich, Little Rascals, Zach and Kelly's Vegas wedding special.
0: That was a TV movie. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Little Rascals, a film that I auditioned for.
1: Oh, which uh, which role? Who do you think? Spanky.
0: Yep, I auditioned for (laughs) Spanky. (laughs) No one ever guesses Alfalfa.
1: It, Half-Alpha Bug Hall was meant for that role. Killed
0: um <laughs> the, Yeah. But uh, I just remember putting myself on tape for Spanky for Little Rascals. And uh, we were in the theater. I'm like, I wonder if they're going to call me for this role. And then the trailer for Little Rascals comes oh. on. The- nope.
1: Not that one. That movie <laughs> was so great.
0: Well, I... I found out that like part of the reason why I wanted to put myself on tape for it is because I found out that Penelope Spheris was directing it and I loved Wayne's world.
1: Okay. So mm-hmm. I was like, I, gotta oh, work I,
0: with her. I was like, I want, I want to work with the woman who made uh, Beverly Hillbillies and uh, Wayne's world.
1: Ooh, Beverly Hillbillies. Oh, I love that movie. I was in love with the dad and I didn't know that he was earnest. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> bloom i was like he is so hot i love the dad in this movie and then my mom's like you know he's in all the earnest movies i was like yes, yeah, who and she's like Ernest. i was like
0: <gasps> do you want to come what? back and do you want to come back in april to do uh beverly hillbillies
1: i will i love another one i rented all the time i, I think rented
0: that all the time too
1: so good i think all like they did start to remake so many movies and do them poorly. But I think in that time they were just getting it right. And maybe it's because the nineties was a sillier time and you can get away with it, but perfection. Perfect.
0: So, so th- this movie was the movie that like I loved as a kid. And at first I thought I wanted to be Preston. And then I saw a movie two years later or a year later that I was like, no, I want to be like this guy. And it was Angus.
1: I don't which
0: one's that Angus is the one about the the fat kid who is in love with the school cheerleader and um James Vanderbeek is the bad guy in that movie and basically rigs it so Angus has to be the homecoming king and his girlfriend has to be the homecoming queen because it's a joke Aww. I but think you, you would to- like it you would like it George C. Scott is the grandfather, and Kathy Bates plays his mom.
1: I'll have to check that out. I've never seen it.
0: Yeah. So we have a rating system. How many bagels out of 13 bagels, how many bagels is left in your bagel basket?
1: Hmm. I will have to think about this really quick. It is nostalgic for me, and I'm a big fan of that. I love anything that reminds me of my childhood because there were no bills then. There was no pressure. (laughs) All I had, my biggest worry was like if I was going to get the new Barbie or something. But there is a lot wrong with it. I would give it a five. Five bagels.
0: I'm going with five (laughs) bagels too because I feel like if we go over five bagels, it's just giving too much attention to this film.
1: It's mostly for Tone Loke and because it was something I just watched so much. But would I have my kids watch it today if I had them? Probably not. I would be like, let's watch little giants instead.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so Kendra, what do you want to promote?
1: Well, as you said, I'm the host of crush gasm. You could check that out on all, you know, the podcast sites, Spotify, anchor, all that, or you can go to Crushgasmpodcast.com podcast.com and find all the links. Every time a guest is on, I also write little blogs about that coincide with their episodes that talk about my crush that coincides with this theme. And we do a top 10, all that good stuff. So crushgasmpodcast.com.
0: It's a great podcast. God, I hope I'm on it.
1: <laughs> I, I think you might be. Oh, interesting. Talking about some girl from some movie about <laughs> wizardry or video games or a troop in Beverly Hills.
0: <laughs> yeah. Everyone's favorite redhead. Um, That's right. I'm talking about Pippi Longstock.
1: Uh, Another great movie.
0: Yeah. Good old Eileen <laughs> Brennan. But yeah, so uh Kendra, thank you so much for doing this.
1: Thank you for having me and uh going down this um very questionable rabbit hole of a movie.
0: Um <laughs> oh, you didn't give your social medias.
1: Oh, uh, um, just go to crushgasmpodcast.com. I, I, I will tag if like, you, so. <laughs> I, was like, I don't know if it's like Crushgasm Pod or Crushgasm Podcast.
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll 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 include all of that in the liner notes. You can find us at Uh, at W-R-T-R-B-A-G-E-L-B-S-K-T on Twitter because they won't let me do all of the characters, or find us at Writer's Bagel Basket on uh, Instagram and on Facebook. You can email us, writersbagelbasket at gmail.com. I have another podcast called Hell is a Musical, um, which, Kendra, you are also welcome to come on that, uh, with me and Lils Martin. And until next time, I'm Scott Kerlin. Bye.